What is going on, athletes? Zach Wagner here with another episode of the Resilient Athlete Project. Today we have part two of my youth sports specialization blog. So um, this podcast is a little bit shorter. It's just me reading that blog. If you have not read or listened to part one of the blog, go ahead and do that. Um, You can find that on my website at wagnerptp.com in the blog section. And I also recorded a podcast of that, so you can listen to it if you like. So if you need to do that, go back and do that and then come back to this one uh, because this one is a continuation of that. So if you've been listening, you know recently I've been doing a lot of thinking, writing, talking about sports specialization in general. Uh, I think it's an important topic because it's kind of some low-hanging fruit just in the sense of keeping our athletes healthy, well-rounded, and all that kind of stuff. So when this podcast starts, you'll just hear me jump right into the narration. And other than that, I hope you enjoy. Let me know if you have any questions, and I will talk to you all soon. Youth Sport Specialization, Part 2. How can we develop better athletes? In part one of this blog, we discussed what youth sports specialization is and why it can be problematic. In part two, we will discuss alternatives to sports specialization and how we can support and develop athletes throughout their career, whether they specialize or not. Alternatives to sports specialization. Some of these seem pretty obvious, but let's put some options on the table. In part one, We talked about why early sports specialization can make athletes more prone to injury and restrict their development. So, what can we do instead? Make sure kids of all ages have time for free and unstructured play. Let them be creative and explore movement in a variety of ways. Encourage participation in a wide variety of sports and games. This goes beyond the physical aspects of being a well-rounded athlete. If an athlete is going to eventually pick a sport to specialize in, We want them to have lots of choices and context. Evidence also supports that young athletes should be participating in a strength and conditioning program to prepare them for the demands of sports. More on this later in the article. Sports specialization should be delayed until middle or late adolescence. For most sports, early specialization does not seem to increase the chances of excelling at an elite level. Most successful Olympic and professional athletes actually specialize later and participate in more sports before specializing. You can see that this isn't rocket science. Let kids explore, don't pressure them to choose a specialty early on, and help them be well-rounded. What if an athlete does specialize? So, an athlete has made a decision to specialize. This can be for a number of reasons. Specific competition opportunities, age, or just personal choice. Specialization is not necessarily negative in and of itself. I just hope to provide some context and information to keep athletes healthy. Best practices for a specialized athlete. Let's go through some quick evidence-based points around participation in sports. There appears to be a relatively linear relationship between higher training volume and injury risk. Just as a quick aside here, this is... um, There are references provided at the end of the article, so if you're interested in reading more about this and seeing where the references come from and some of these evidence-based resources, go ahead and make sure you check out the text of the article. All right, back to the article. This is just a matter of risk versus reward. 
Evidence-based guidelines can help promote some context for decision-making. For youth athletes, greater than 16 hours of formal sport participation increased injury risk regardless of age. Highly specialized athletes had a 2.25 times greater risk of injury. A good rule of thumb is that athletes should not participate in more hours of organized sports than their age. For example, a 15-year-old athlete should be limited to no more than 15 hours per week. That's structured organized sports, practice or games. You can see how this would help delay specialization and overload. Once we get beyond the 16 to 17 years old, specialization may be safer and more feasible. Phased-in approaches should be used to introduce athletes to competition. This can be especially important for more individualized sports where early specialization is more likely. Think swimming, tennis, gymnastics, etc. Professionalized adult-style practices are also not appropriate for young athletes. These have not been shown to improve talent development, can limit overall development, and can discourage kids from participation. Resistance training for youth athletes. A good, well-programmed strength conditioning program is also a crucial part of good athletic development. We'll cover some general concepts here, then get into a more specific model. Regardless of when or if an athlete specializes, periods of isolated and focused work on strength and conditioning should be planned in order to enhance overall development and reduce injury risk. Strength and conditioning programs will look different depending on the age of an athlete, maturity level, specific goals, and specialization status, but in general they should include ABCs for young athletes, that means agility, balance, and coordination, strength, power, agility, speed, general movement quality, and variety. Multiple organizations and research studies have shown that resistance training in youth athletes is not only safe but is effective and included in best practice guidelines. Going over misconceptions about youth strength training is beyond the scope of this article, but I will include references to articles at the end of the blog if you are interested in reading more about this. Additionally, appropriately designed and implemented youth strength and conditioning programs have been shown to improve strength, endurance, power, motor skills, jumping, running, cutting, throwing, etc., Vertical jump, long jump, hand grip strength, general motor performance, body composition, reduce injury rates. So, not only is youth strength and conditioning safe, it is a crucial component of performance and injury risk reduction programs. The Long-Term Athletic Development Model, LTAD. This is a model that was developed in an attempt to balance training load and competitions throughout childhood and adolescence. No model is perfect, but this is a useful one to think about how we are training and preparing our youth athletes throughout their careers. Here's a graphic summarizing this approach. So in the text of the article, there's an athlete going over um, the stages that we'll talk about in a little bit here. Moving on back to the article. The LTAD, or Long-Term Athletic Development Model, has five stages slash components. Fundamentals, learning to train, training to train, training to compete, and training to win. Athletes move through these stages as they get older and more mature. These stages are meant to set solid foundations to build upon and modify training based on age, maturity, and goals. 
you can see from the graphic, again, go back to the graphic, that we move from establishing basic physical literacy in young kids, six to nine years old, all the way to highly specialized, intense, and individualized programming for athletes 18 plus years old competing at a high level. This model is based off the concept that there are quote unquote windows of opportunity where young athletes will respond especially well to training and can optimize improvements. Intensity and specificity of training begins to pick up around the time most kids go through puberty. Another important concept to understand is that we are not necessarily trying to make these athletes, especially younger ones, better at running, jumping, etc. That does happen, but the main goal is to build general strength, fitness, and resilience to set the stage for sports-specific adaptations and success. Strength and conditioning needs to become a year-round habit for any athlete. We simply alter programming variables like intensity, volume, and specificity based on practice schedules, etc. Essentially, the earlier we are in an athlete's life, the more general their training should be. The later we are, the more specific it can be. This does not mean it should or needs to be super specific, but higher level athletes do need more skill practice. It is important that athletes have physically developed enough to reap the benefits of playing multiple sports and developing multiple physical qualities before they specialize. Physical therapy for youth athletes. A physical therapist and or strength and conditioning coach can be utilized at any point in an athlete's development. For example, I am both a doctor of physical therapy and a certified strength and conditioning specialist, so I work with athletes at any part of their journey. Obviously, a good physical therapist will fit in if an athlete ever gets injured. It is important that an athlete works with somebody who understands the specifics of their sport, general training, and takes an active strength conditioning-based approach to treatment. Passive modalities and massage might be helpful early on to manage pain, but PT sessions should look like modified strength and conditioning as soon as possible. It is imperative to maintain fitness throughout the rehab process to ensure a speedy and healthy return to sport. Pain and injury are just a couple variables that make the management of an athlete more complicated and nuanced. It is also appropriate and often necessary to involve a good PT and or strength coach when athletes get more serious and specialized because their needs are more nuanced and require well-rounded care. Here are another couple quick visuals that can be helpful in explaining how strength conditioning and physical therapy work together in the management of an athlete. So again, there's a graphic here. I call it the, the strength conditioning diamond, basically. So it's a diamond shape with that shows strength and kind of the center of the graphic and big type. And then speed and power are kind of on the top and bottom of that, slightly smaller. And then sports specific and the ABCs we talked about earlier are smaller and farther. It's meant to illustrate the fact that strength is the thing that most young athletes need to work on. Speed and power are also important. And then sports specific stuff and ABCs are less important in the context of most athletes. All right, back to the article. The most important aspects of strength conditioning are near the center of the diamond, and bigger riding and more accessory-based training are near the top and the bottom. Just to be clear, this is the stuff athletes should be working on in the gym. Obviously, things like sport-specific skills are hugely important, but they are mostly working on these with sport coaches. Now, how does physical therapy fit in? Again, quick aside, there's another graphic here that includes that same diamond from the above, but also adds basically two triangles at the base of each side of the diamond. 
that are talking about some of the variables that we talk we work with in physical therapy, and I'll explain some of those now. Back to the article. Again, this graphic is oversimplified. However, when an athlete is injured or just needs more specific attention, we add more of a foundation to the diamond above. We start working more on things like pain and stress management, BPS means biopsychosocial, range of motion, basic strength and motor control, and detailed return to activity plans and guidelines. I hope this article as well as part one was helpful in examining a topic that can sometimes be confusing and a source of conflict. A big part of my mission at Wagner PT and Performance is to help athletes of all ages get and stay healthy. Injuries will happen and recovery can be fast and safe. However, more work needs to be put into proactive planning and preparation in the first place. This will help reduce injury risk and make athletes more resilient so they bounce back from setbacks quicker. If you have any questions about this information or any else, anything else related to physical health and wellness for yourself or any youth athletes in your life, let me know. I would love to hear from you and help out. Be well. All right. So that is the end of the article. Thanks for listening this far. Um, if for some reason you haven't gone back and listened to part one, make sure you do that. Give some context for this. And um, basically what I want people to just take away from these mostly is that Sports specialization isn't and shouldn't be thought of as the holy grail, and you shouldn't try to get there as quickly as possible. Uh, research is showing that you're more likely to be injured, and you're actually less likely to perform at a higher level if you specialize early. And specializing later tends to just help athletes be healthier both physically and mentally, have better, more well-rounded skills, and um, just gives them more context for their sport and for their life, which is really the overarching goal. Um, throughout any part of an athletic journey, especially once we start to think about specialization and playing at a high level, that's when it's even more important to bring in good PTs and strength coaches to help navigate some of the nuances of sports specialization and keep the athletes healthy in the long term um, because you know the margin for error gets a little bit smaller the higher up we get in sports. So just things I want people to keep in mind. Um, you know, as always, if you have any questions about anything, please don't hesitate to reach out on any of the platforms. Um, I'd love to hear from you and answer any questions. All right. Have a great one. Hey everybody. Just a few quick things before you take off. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and leave a review if you found this podcast useful. The Resilient Athlete Project is brought to you by Wagner PT and Performance in Lakeville, Massachusetts, where I work with athletes of all ages to relieve pain and keep them in the game. For more information, or if you're interested in working with me, either in person or via remote consult, visit my website at www.wagnerptp.com. Also, don't forget to follow Wagner PT and Performance on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube and reach out if you have any questions. Okay, everybody, thanks again, and we'll talk soon.